0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com.
1: Okay, welcome to this class on a crash course in koshering and running a kosher kitchen. So number one, a person's going to realize any kitchen can be made kosher. Whether it's a fashionable kitchen, old kitchen, doesn't make a difference. So the question is, what do you do? What's how? What's the order? How do you begin? So even before your kitchen is made kosher, start preparing for change. Buy only foods that are certified kosher. Okay, so first you got to make sure number one is whatever comes in into the kitchen has to be kosher. Begin to keep meat and dairy separate. So you have now. So you're starting the process of kosher in the mm. kitchen. Before you even start the process, make sure all the food that comes in is kosher. Number two, yes, question. yes, go ahead. If
0: the meat is in one package, well, the meat basically goes into the freezer most
1: of the time anyway, but sometimes right. you get stuff to use during a week. Right. But you can keep it on the same shelf. The one meat. second, we didn't get there. You know, one second, okay. well, slowly, slowly. So first, we talk about the beginning of the process. First, make sure that everything's kosher. Number two is start separating meat and milk, which we have to talk about. Uh, Many people use disposable utensils before going kosher. Take out all the questionable foods and discard all the food that was cooked before the kitchen became kosher. That's number one priority. Number two, inventory of all the things which go in the kitchen. Okay, Divide your items in the kitchen in two categories. Some things cannot be used in a kosher kitchen. You have all the ceramic plates, which a person used before that, and hot, hot foods. You can't kosher ceramics. You've got to make sure all the utensils which you had already have to be koshered. We're going to talk about that a little bit. You have to kosher the utensils you had previously or you buy new ones. And if you buy new ones, you have to make sure they go to the mikveh. All right? We're going to talk about that as well. So a person has to buy new new items. they are got to make sure the ones are set aside for meat. They have ones set aside for milk. And according to Ashkenazim, you need parab dishes as well. Three three sets. Fasfarim is much simpler. Two sets of dishes are enough. That even if you cook something in a meat pot it does not make it meaty, Fasfaridim. So it's much easier, it's parab, still pariv. You make rice in a meat pot, fasfarim, it's nut bar nut, and therefore the, the rice is still parab. Fashkenazim the rice becomes meaty. The you shouldn't eat that you shouldn't eat that rice with dairy. Fashkenazim that rice is got some meaty flavor in it and if you cannot eat that rice with dairy however you did no problem but
0: that's uh, works on account of what got absorbed by the pot itself yeah the pot is a meaty pot right
1: so so whatever's cooked in the pot it becomes well it becomes sweet according to Ashkenazim according yeah, well, to Sfaradim well, it doesn't that's okay. the big difference between Friday and Ashkenazim so let's just recap any kitchen can be made kosher Begin preparing for the change, buy only food which are certified kosher. Start keeping meat and dairy separate. Make an inventory of all the items in your kitchen which you need. Separate them into meat and milk. Whatever you use already has to be koshered. Some things can't be koshered. Plastic cannot be koshered if you use it with hot. cannot be kosher, you gotta throw it out. Ceramics cannot be kosher, you gotta throw it out. So the has got to kosher make sure all the utensils are being used. It's good to have a marker on the utensils so the red is for meat and blue is for dairy, or you just have different types of utensils. So they're not the same. So many dishes and utensils require immersion in a mikvah. So me, anything made out of metal and glass needs to go to a mikvah. Anything made out of metal and glass needs to go to a mikvah. Question,
0: question? Yes, yes. Some, sometimes you buy a... ...utensils
1: that are plastic candles with a, a metal blade. It has to go to the mikvah. Anything with metal, anything which Once comes in contact m- with food, if it's metal, it has to go in the mikvah, and you put the whole utensil with the plastic in the mikvah. has to go in the mikvah. Everything has to go to the mikvah. Yeah, what if it's like
2: an electronic.
1: So what do you do? So what do you do is you dry it out well. Put it in the mikvah and dry it out very well. Make sure it's dry before you use it, otherwise something's going to happen. Okay? And certain things cannot be put in the mikveh, so what do you do? So you give it to your Jewish neighbor and you borrow it back from him. As long as it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't have to go to the mikveh. Only the property of a Jew has to go to the mikveh. So if you give it to a non Jew and it's his technically and you're just borrowing it from him, it doesn't have to go to the mikveh. So you have a toaster oven. How can you put a property. The truth is, you don't have to put a toaster oven in the mikveh. You just need to put the shelves, it's only things which come in contact with food. The toaster, you don't have to put the whole toaster in the oven. If you can take out those the things that hold the bread, then you're going to be a technician to do that. Yeah. To do Some the people the coils, say.
0: Coils, the coils, the heating coils.
1: Not the heating coils, no. It doesn't, they don't touch the bread. There's the holder that holds the bread that pops in and out. Those are the metal pieces. Purge. Whatever touches the food has to go to mikvah. If it doesn't touch the food, no mikvah. So, like for example, the trays in the oven, you don't put food directly on the tray. You put food in the pot and then you put it in the tray. So there's no food touching the tray. The tray doesn't have to go to the mikvah. Very simple. Only things which come in contact with the food. For example, a tin can opener doesn't come and go to no mikvah. a tin can opener, why? doesn't come in contact with the food. It's only things which need...
0: Oh, the, uh, the top of the yeah,
1: the can opener doesn't need to go to the mikvah. Yeah, the yeah. Hand. yeah. Maybe an electric one. doesn't come in contact with the food. Only things which come in contact with the food and directly in food preparation need to go to the mikvah... Only if they're made of metals or glass. Right? If they're made of plastic, no mikveh plastic. Unless it has some metal piece that comes in contact with the food.
0: In a toaster, you cannot I don't know how anyone would be able to take out those little holders with yes. the toaster. Yes. So I will so have, have two to-
1: choices. So number one is you can put it in the mikveh and make sure it dries, otherwise yes, you're gonna so. be in trouble. The other the other choice is you give it to a non Jewish neighbor and borrow it back from them. Okay? If it's not yours, there's no mikvah. So you you actually
0: say, "Here, this is yours. Yeah,
1: here's a present for you. Now can I borrow it back? back. Can I borrow it back?
0: Borrow it back. Make
1: sure you don't ask for it back as a present. You you explain this to... uh, Hopefully he'll understand. Yeah, tell him, listen, this is something I need to do for ritual purposes. Please don't mind. I'm going to give you a present. Please, I I need to borrow it back. from Yeah, so it's the right to explain it to them. Exactly, exactly. You have to explain it to them so they don't get upset. You give me a present, I take it back. (laughs) I'm borrowing it back from you. There's another alternative, and that is, if you can take it apart and put it back together again, Then it's like a Jew built it. Some people say it's enough to take off the plug, cut off the plug and put a new plug. Then it's like a Jew made it. You can't use it without a plug. So it's like a Jew made it. If a Jew makes it a finishing product, then it's, no, it's not property of an Jew. It's so a Jew made it. Yeah, that's so for example, if it's made in Israel, you can assume it's made hopefully by Jews, and uh, it doesn't need mikvah. So you see and then they buy pots in Israel, uh, So they has heksha already. No mikfah needed. Why? It's made manufactured by Israel by, by Jews. Anything manufactured by Jews does not need to be put in the mikvah. It's only things which you get from non Jews. Okay. So person's gonna know what to put in the mikveh, how to put a mikfah. So the bracha in the mikvah is a al tefilat keli for one or kelim for many. So usually what you do is, first put the metal, metal, say the bracha on the metal, because metal is from the Torah, glass is mostly from the rabbis. Okay? Now some people, there's a big debate by aluminum, which is very, very interesting. Aluminum is not one of the metals mentioned in the Torah, and therefore a lot of people say there's no bracha on aluminum. So if you want to say a bracha, make the bracha on steel, and cover the other items. That's the best thing.
0: Okay, go for it. So down that you have all aluminum, and then sometimes you might have
1: uh, another mixture of metal with aluminum right. alloy. The so the oil. best thing to do is get something steel. You, you get a fork or whatever a knife, and then cover, make the brush on the fork and knife, and cover everything else. You cover, use or glass. Even glass is better than aluminum. You have something glass, make a brush on the glass, and cover the other things, cover the other items.
0: So
1: huh? Salt shakers, huh? mm-hmm. shakers? food the glass right, mikvah anything that comes in contact with food has oh, to go to the mikvah salt so is food salt is a tablin it's food you eat it it's tablin so it's food hmm. there's a bracha on salt shakol Say bracha on salt
0: okay.
1: yeah so, koshering utensils. How do you kosher utensils? Now, you have all these non-kosher products you used in your kitchen before, and now I have all these non-kosher utensils. They're all made of metal. Say they're made of metal. Very simple. Don't use them for 24 hours. Make sure they are clean with no grease or anything. If you have to put the mikva, put them in the mikvah. And then you boil a vat of boiling hot water. And you dip it in. You dip these things in the vat. And take him out and wash them. That's it. You just koshered by hagala. That's called hagala. Anything which is used with wet heat can be koshered with wet heat. The way it goes in, that's the way it comes out. Anything which was used in the oven can only be koshered in the oven. You have a, according to Sephardim, glass does not need to be koshered. Interesting. Shukranah says glass does not absorb and therefore we can use glass, from meat, for milk. Amazing. It's amazing. It's, a, it's so easy. It's is so easy. Kasher is so easy for Swaridim. Just with glass plates and glass this. And... The question is, is Pyrex considered glass? It depends. If it's clear, Shur Khanam says glass is not. A... And the fact is you can see through it. But if it's got a different color, you've got problems. It no, it's not considered glass anymore. If it's a brown glass. Yes, go ahead. I
0: asked my son about this because he has a problem with people telling him to kasher... Pyrex. He says that pyrex is nothing more than certain
1: layers of glass. And first they put, they put the colored layers on the inside and then they put the regular clear layers on the outside. So you still have a clear layer. No, but that's not the pshat. Pshat is the clear. The clear lets you see through it. Implies that you can't, nothing absorbed.
2: Hmm.
1: And in fact, you can see through it. Here yeah, you can't you can see, see through it.
2: Nothing was
1: stuck in it. it so they put, they put other it. things to make it not clear. They put, they put other items in it. They mix the glass. It's not just glass. It's something else. So So
0: halakhically...
1: Anyway, so there's a big debate, but... Yeah, it's better to be clear glass, this way you have no problem. That's what's far I'm sure there are other people who say even not clear glass. But my baddie in Lakewood, he says, uh, all the ceramics today are glass-coated and therefore they don't absorb. So all the ceramics, there's no thing as bone china. Bone china... It's not bone china anymore. It's not uh, not earthenware anymore. It's glazed. It's glazed. So he says, since it's glazed and glass doesn't absorb, even glazed products don't absorb. We don't go that far. I don't go that far. So I say, just use it for meat or milk, but don't use it for both. He says, no. Since it's glazed, sometimes the glaze comes off. That's the trouble. It cracks in the glaze. So anyway, truth is, we're strict today. We're a little bit strict. Why not? We can afford to be strict. It doesn't cost so much money. It's amazing how cheap. It's very cheap. Thank God. Baruch Hashem. So, uh, there's an interest in Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. There's a question they asked Rabbi Moshe Feinstein about someone who got a very old pottery, uh, very old uh, ceramics from their mothers and grandmothers, and very beautiful old set of china, bone china, whatever, very expensive, very old, very beautiful. And they don't want to throw it out. It was, it's not good. It was used for not kosher probably. Don't want to throw it out. He says, you know what? After a year of not using it, anything it absorbed turns into dust okay. that was a interesting, beautiful there over there that if it's a very old set and you don't want to throw it out just lock it up for a year lock it up for a year and you can assume everything that absorbed in was gone and therefore there's no taste anymore and there's no taste kashrut all depends on taste so normally we say 24 hours already the taste is already ruined it ruins the taste after 24 hours so, so we
0: have to re-take it to the mikvah
1: again if it never went to the mikvah can you take the mikvah
0: Okay, so like But there's I, no
1: bracha. There's no bracha. Why? Because it's not glass and it's not metal. So I got pottery. Pottery yeah. does not need mikvah unless it's glazed. If it's glazed, without a bracha. If it's not glazed, no nothing, no, no mikvah. Pottery is no mikvah.
0: Oh, well, anyway, I, it's glazed. It's glazed. I, I, so you know, put it in the mikvah not, without a bracha. Okay, well, I, this is when I first got the apartment. Okay. okay. So now, a few items I used. I don't remember, sometimes I may use cereal. Uh, you know, I don't think I used any of them for meat. But what I'm trying to get at, so you just answered my question. So now, if I didn't use them because I forgot exactly what I did put in them and I didn't use them for years, they're just sitting in the back.
1: they're a of now. So, so they're all par of now. Par, yeah.
0: everything's par, okay. Yeah.
1: If you didn't use them, especially if you didn't use it for any hot, there's no absorption.
2: It does cold. still have to go into the
1: mikvah? Yeah, it has to go at least once in its lifetime. It has to go at least once in its lifetime in the mikvah.
0: So so even if you, let's say I put soup in one, which is hot.
1: Yeah. But after still... a year, it's gone. The oh, taste that's is gone. gone. So I do you want to pass that. Okay. Yeah. If it's expensive, you don't throw it out. Why, why throw it out, you know? Plus, you don't have to throw it out. You give it to a non-Jewish neighbor. Why do you have to throw it out? Don't throw anything out. So the, the metals can be koshered. The glass, according to some something, can, doesn't need to be koshered at all because it doesn't absorb. It's just the, it's only the pottery really which is the problem. Pottery is the problem. Plastic. Plastic and pottery have to be thrown out, basically. Or given away. Given out. Given away. Or or put
2: aside for
1: a year. Pardon? Or put aside for a year. Put aside for a year. If it's expensive, you know, today, you know. Only if it's... Only if it's uh, value, has value, then, you know... It's a header for things which are expensive. You don't throw it out, basically. You don't give away.
0: One
1: time use things, you know, you know I, women love love getting new new cutlery and new things. They love it. They love it. Oh, let's kosher my kitchen. This way I get That's new true, sets true. of things. <laughs> they love it. They love it. It's fantastic. I had a case, that I know, a case personally that happened that uh, she was very happy. Her husband was very upset. You had to buy all new stuff. And she was very happy. I got new stuff now. Coming. Yeah, sorry. One time use things don't one time use, like uh, maybe a No, one time use. No, mikvah does not. Hot pami, You're going to throw it out. <coughs> Things you're going to throw out, no mikvah. Things you're going to keep. For example, people use these uh, jars. They get jelly, uh, whatever, in a jar. Say, hey, I want to reuse the jar. You want to reuse the jar? Put it in the mikvah. Okay. <coughs> it, Everyone. It's yeah. If you're going to use it forever, that's it. Becomes yours. It's a, yes, It's
2: the ownership, really. That's it's
1: true. the ownership. It's transferring ownership. It becomes a Jewish vessel. It's like a baptism. It's interesting. We baptize the vessel, not just the person, but also the vessel. It's amazing. That's where they got it from. They got it from us. The idea of baptism. it came from us. The 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 vessel has to go to the kosher. Okay, meat and milk. So separate sets of dishes, pots, silverware, serving trays, bread trays, salt shakers. So again, a salt shaker, the truth is you just have one salt shaker. It's enough. You don't, and if you don't put things in, there's no issue. The issue is just pouring it out. It's no problem. The problem is if you actually take the salt, you have a spoon there, you're taking things out. Maybe use a meat spoon, a milk spoon, you need two. What about the salt shaker? though? Well, exactly. Sugar, same thing.
2: If you're eating meat or dairy, you're undoubtedly going to get some of the
1: cheese or meat on your hands. Right, so eh, it's good. Make sure it's clean separate sets of draining boards, draining racks dish buns, scarring pads, dish towels, tablecloths um, it's Friday we say that the soap does not have to be kosher why? it's not edible by a dog the laws of Kashrut do not apply to things which are not edible by dogs very simple However, Ashkenazim say no, even the soap should be kosher soap should be kosher so you get a kosher, today you get so many soaps which are kosher. All the expensive soaps are kosher. <laughs> Cheap soaps you can buy <laughs> in the dollar store, they're not, they're not, they don't have a high mm-hmm. okay. But uh, as far as I'm saying, soap does not need to be kosher. Why? Because it's not edible by a dog. Very simple. Yes?
0: Okay, so going back to the meat and milk. And, yes. So now I go to GLaD. Yes. I get little containers with the yes. vegetables, yeah, yeah, yeah. meat, and this so it's, I can keep it on the... Set, Coming to We get there. We're talking about fridge here. Oh. Yeah. We didn't get there. Yeah, but you're right. Let's,
1: let's talk about it. We'll, talk, we'll get there. So very practical is to get separate sets of meat and dairy utensils around a color scheme. So, you know, this is meat, this is milk. Usually meat is red, dairy is blue, draining racks, sponges, dish towels, all part of the system. Choose a color code. Remember the color code so you don't mix things up in the kitchen. Things which look alike, you mark them. This is red and this is... You get a spray paint, whatever. Plastic tape, other things. The sink. Let's go. Let's talk about the sink. So, if you have two sinks, fantastic. How do you kosher a sink? So the answer is, leave it twenty-four hours. Pour boiling hot water. That works by metal. So Friday, it also works by ceramics. Sinks. Ashkenazim, they're strict by ceramics, and therefore they say you can't, cannot kosher a ceramic sink. So therefore, you get. These sink inserts, you get these bu- little, what are they called? Buckets, uh, not buckets, what are they called? The plastic, plastic inserts. inserts yeah. yeah, for the sink. Okay, so so you yeah, have one for meat and one for milk. This way you store all the dirty plates in the plastic, and then when you need to wash you put them under the sink. Very simple. Hmm.
2: Different than the,
1: the grates that people put. Grates. You want to put grates, so put two different kinds of grates. You have meat grate, but it's not as great, as he says, not it's not as great. Because you want to fill up the sink with water, you can't. Because then the, it gets contaminated. but If you have a metal sink, you can kosher and make it one or the other. If you have a ceramic, uh, some people say you can't kosher ceramic You, have a huh?
2: you only have one grade, one sink. The sink the is the always sink dairy. Right. The grate is always meat. No problem with the grate being
1: um. Yeah, but the best thing to do is get these bowls. The best thing is get a bowl. Better than grates. Uh, it's much uh, more practical because it fills way. up. It fills up and then it's going to be spill and then, you know, get the bowl. And it's much easier. So you put all the dirty stuff in a bowl, you wash it under the tap, and it goes in the bowl. Yes. Question. Yes.
0: Ceramics. Ceramics. Now, are they absorbable
1: or aren't they? As we said, ceramics generally everyone agrees are absorbable. They are absorbable, are okay. except for Rabbi Abadi and Lakewood who says if they're coated with glass, they got a law of glass. He's the most lenient there is, and most people don't follow that. That's not the custom. Custom is not like that. Custom I hold ceramics are absorbable. Uh, because just in case, it gets uh, cuts. Or the glaze, didn't go on. the glaze didn't go on properly. Yeah, exactly. The glaze sometimes is very, very thin. But then you have 24 hours. What do you mean? In between. Yes. If it hasn't been used 24 hours, then it's pagum the, the taste that went in is, it doesn't make anything not kosher. However, le'at you shouldn't use it. In the ideal sense, you shouldn't use it. Ideally, you shouldn't use it for anything else. So we talk about the sink. if you try and get something that the sink doesn't splash from one sink to another sink. Make sure that the water stays in that sink. Some people put dividers between the two sinks. You know a, a table, huh?
2: Is is two sinks only necessary if you're doing hot stuff in there? I mean,
1: if you're using just cold water the whole time. Yeah, but it's better to get bowls, uh, as we said better to get bowls where so there's no confusion. you got a milky yeah. bowl, you got a meaty bowl. Why use the same sink? So then you have to ask questions. You put everything in the same sink. You can imagine, you have meat and milk in the same sink. Oh, and then
2: it's only one at
1: a time. One at a time, and then you put the hot water, and there's a little yeah. bit of meat left, and a little bit of milk, yeah. you know, get mixed up. We'll Why bother? Why go through that? I'm talking about, yeah. We're talking about the yeah, best yeah, situation. Yeah. You want to make the best possible kosher kitchen. Now, you don't, you don't make everything bidi avari. You want to make everything latakila, ideally, in the ideal sense. Tables can be used for meat and dairy if you use placemats or different tablecloths. Very simple. Shulchanan says two people can eat at the same table, one eating, one eating milk, and as long as you have a divider, which is not normally on the table, or you have different placemats. Right? So you can use the same table for meat and milk just make sure it's cleaned in between, or you have different tablecloth for either surface. Countertops. Same thing. Either use the countertop for meat or use it for milk. So, usually, if you have two sinks or you have a sink in the middle, you have a countertop on the right side, put it in for milk, and a counter countertop on the left side for the meat. Very simple. Refrigerators can be used, Baruch Hashem, for all types. Baruch Hashem, thank God for that. Can huh? Do have kosher? It depends. What are you putting on the countertop? If you're putting food directly on the countertop, yes, it should be kosher. How do you kosher a countertop? So, boiling hot water. And you, have, you do use 24 hours, you put boiling hot water. If you did, if you did use it within 24 hours, you just have to put bleach. Bleach ruins the taste.
2: Mm.
1: You put boiling hot water and you kosher it. That's how you kosher it. If you can't kosher it, you can't put boiling hot water, it's plastic or whatever it is, cover it with foil yeah. or use a liner. So you can get liners for the countertops. So,
0: so you rapidly saying, if this is a countertop,
1: yes. meat directly on the countertop, yes. no plates, it's just doesn't meat or a hot meat. pot of meat or a hot pot of meat a hot pot of meat makes it meaty hot pot of meat okay. so but this enough, way you just keep enough. one side for meat and one side for milk. The refrigerator and freezer. this is your question. If you can designate uh, this is a meaty shelf' this is a milky shelf, the whole issue is that maybe the meat will fall into the milk and the milk will fall into the meat. If everything is sealed, there's no issues, and if you're careful that nothing should fall. Okay, there's no issues. You're not cooking inside the fridge. Nothing cooks inside the fridge. It's the opposite. However, you put hot stuff in the fridge, you've got to be very careful. If dairy drips, so you say you have dairy inside, the milk is dripping onto your meat underneath. Go ahead. So it's better to cover everything and this way. But you be careful. The stovetop. That's much more complex. Now, we say, it's Friday, we say, every time you use your stovetop, you're actually koshering it because the food is being burnt at the same time. You're, you're cooking your food, and anything which falls into the fire is being, is being self-koshered because the fire is burning it, burning automatically. It
2: changes, uh, yeah.
1: I say you're boiling a, a bottle of milk in the fire, and the milk is spilling over into the fire. That's unusual. You know, sometimes it does. I say meat, say you're cooking soup, and the soup is overflowing. So so can you use meat and milk on the same burner and the answer is yes why because the burner is koshering itself some people are strict this side is for meat on the, on the stove and this side is for milk okay why not even better otherwise just try and make sure everything is clean the grates are clean everything is clean and if you need to kosher it very simple all you do is put the fire on full that's the for, 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 for gas that's the best and the grates are clean and the fire is on full But if it's outside on top, how long does it have to burn? 20 minutes. I say usually 20 minutes. You cover it with a blech, and you put it on for 20 minutes, that's enough. We're gonna gonna talk more in detail about it. And just make sure when you're cooking two pots, one of milk and one of meat, that the steam doesn't contact each other, right? So it's better to cook separately. You've got meat one, one day, milk one day. Don't cook on the same time, you got meat and milk at the same time going on the stove because it's, it gets problematic don't don't lift the lids at the same time you know meat lid and the dairy lid at the same time. The oven the oven you have to use for one type at a time. You cannot use an oven for both meat and milk at the same time unless everything is double wrapped, like in an airline right. That's why airline meals are double wrapped. Why are they double wrapped? Because otherwise they're gonna become trafe. Very simple. So it's very important. Nothing can go in and nothing comes out. So mm-hmm. if it's everything is double wrapped, imagine you can cook meat and milk in the same oven as long as it's all sealed. Oh, okay. Yeah, sealed. Very simple. Double wrapped. So double it, wrap it, tin foil. Tinfoil, yeah, I gonna Double one. wrap it, put it in the oven, So okay, it's good. Because the only issue is there's two issues. One, one is recha one is steam. So steam is the main issue smell itself is no problem the smell in the oven does make a difference what
2: about an oven where for the main part of the oven you're always using it as dairy and then just in the broiler tray underneath it depends,
1: the if there's two separate sections you can make one today so they have ovens which two sections they're, but if they are not two sections they're, they're joint, you got a problem there
2: are a few holes, in the, a few holes. but the not question not is are they
1: joint, Are is there a, a link yeah, are they linked
2: uh, uh, in Israel
1: today, they have two. They have ovens beautiful. They're, they're separate completely. Two, two compartments. Yeah. I'm not referring to cooking at
2: the same time, but just separate, uh, uncovered, but not at the same it's time. Expensive.
1: They're the same oven. If it's one oven, it's one oven. If it's not one oven, it's two separate ovens. No problem. If it's one oven, you have to wait. So there's machloket over here, big machloket. How long do you have to wait? Twenty four hours between the meat and milk, uncovered. And some people say you have to kosher. Ravadi says is very strict on this. You have to kosher the oven in between meat and milk. Oh,
2: really?
1: You cannot use uncovered meat in the same oven you baked uncovered milk. You can't use uncovered milk in the same oven you baked uncovered meat. It's got to be kosher in between. That's why the best thing to do is double wrap it. Now, there's a, there is a heter, Moshe which is very needed, if the food you cooked was dry. So you baked the cake. You bake the dairy, you bake pizza. Pizza is dry. You bake pizza in the oven. In that oven, according to Moshe Farishtin, you take it, finish your pizza, the oven is clean, you can cook meat in the oven. Why? Because there's no steam from the food. But if you cook a dairy, something which has got liquid in it, moisture, there's a lot of steam. So foods which don't give up steam, there's no issue. Because the whole issue is the steam the steam goes up in the oven gets clogged over there and comes down again when it gets hot again so it
2: needs to both be 24 hours <coughs> and to kasher according to the going to the robot
1: yourself is very strict very yeah, strict both yeah both. both 24 hours, hours and koshering. wow
0: there very are strict. that have uh, continuous uh, yeah, yeah
1: we're going to see it's not so great because sometimes they do get dirty and you, you can it's a problem clean them so you put a, a self-clean cycle is the koshering that's it I with of course, self clean cycles. That's the easiest way to push oven. The truth is, if you can double wrap it, no problems at all. Okay, so now,
0: getting back to the pizza. Pizza, yes. The okay. pizza, you know, you have the soft. cheese on there. Yes, now, yes. Now, you can get some kind of vapor from the cheese. Yes, you know?
1: but it's very little vapor. That's what Moshe Fanchi says. Since it's not a liquid, it's a dry solid, and it's very little vapor, very little vapor. Mm-hmm. But again, if, why, why bother with this? Why get into these questions? Don't do it. Very simple. <laughs> Don't do it double wrap the pizza Put it. In. I don't know how it comes out when it's double wrapped.
0: Double
1: wrap <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> I always buy from the stuff. We well, just get the small you know little the uh, little uh, oven. What's it called? A little uh, tabletop toaster oven. toaster oven. Toaster oven. You put the pizza in the toaster oven that's what we do. So your main oven is meat and the toaster oven is your dairy. How much you know pizza doesn't take much room. That's the best way have two ovens, really. That's the best. Really, the best way is two ovens because you're bound to cook something which is open and it's going to be liquid and you're bound to do something.
2: So, um, the oven, I mean,
1: There's no tevilah, we said. Anything which does not come in direct contact with food uh, does not need to be put in the mikvah. Nothing in the oven comes in contact with the food. Even the, even the, 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 the shelves don't come in contact with the food. Nothing. So, you buy a toaster oven, nothing. Nothing goes to the mikveh. Unless you put food directly on the on the, on the rack. So, put foil, put it in a pan. So, this way the pan goes to the mikveh, not the. The problem is the kettle, electric kettle, we said, and the problem is the electric toaster. Those are things you can't really avoid. The food comes in contact with the food. So you have three options there, we said. Number one is to put it in the fur and let it dry properly. Number two is give it non-jew and borrow it back. Number three is try and fix it. Open it and fix it yourself. Put it back together again. So where Jew made it. Three. It. So Ashkenazim have another problem because they want to make an oven with a forget oh, Ashkenazim have big problems because they have to have three sets of dishes. Three sets uh, three kinds of ovens now. You need the pariv oven. You need a dairy oven. You need a mini oven. If you want to eat pariv food, so you need a part of oven. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or just double wrap everything. Okay. So you have to kosher the oven. You have to wait 24 hours. Make sure everything's clean. Put it on a self-clean cycle. That's it.
0: Well, so like you have to kosher oven. Well, when to clean
1: it for baked potato. Baked potato. What are you going to eat with baked potato with? Meat or milk?
0: No, I don't usually put anything on So in. I just put
1: it in any time. So
0: I'm saying my uh, microwave is like parbed dairy. Good. Okay, so now I would have to put that in two bags or... or For what? Because then I want to I crisp it up in the what oven. What do you want to eat
1: it with? Oh, you want to crisp it in the oven? Right, basically. you know, because... So your, your microwave is dairy... And par of, you know. so you got to put it in the microwave. and It cooks it real quick. Cooks it, it nice, clean. then you put it in the oven afterwards. Real
0: quick. Real quick. Yeah. And then, there's five minutes, to crisp it up. In the yeah. oven. So put in so a plastic in the bag. the oven, put it with two, two couple of layers of uh, aluminum, right? If you want it. to. Yeah.
1: Either in the oven or in the microwave, either one of the two. In the microwave, you put the plastic bag. That's where there's no steam, there's no. it doesn't become dairy. Yeah,
0: okay, so plastic bags okay. Doesn't become dairy. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know healthy that is,
1: but it's. Uh, okay. Small appliances. An electric mixer. Boy, well, as long as you have separate blades for meat and milk, you use the same mixer. As long as it's clean, no problem. Right? As long as the attachments are different.
2: That is
1: yeah, so what you do is clean it. Make sure it's clean. So you get one of these sprays, uh, fantastic or something, you just wipe it. That's it. Dishwashers. Now, the usually most people say you need two dishwashers. One for meat, one for milk. However, Ravad Yosef is very, very lenient over here. And he says, dishwashers are made from a certain material that does not absorb. It's made from meat, which, which is the shukhanah uses by the heart of the animal. Heart of the animal, the, the texture of the heart, full of blood. The heart is full of blood. Shukran says, how do you kosher the heart? You cut it in pieces so all the blood comes out. The heart, and then you can just kosher it with salt. It's amazing. How can you coat it the heart? So he says because it's made of meat, material that does not absorb blood. Wow. So there's a concept in Halakha of materials that don't absorb. We say glass is one of them according to Shulchan Aruch. But Rav Adrian says says also the coating inside the, inside the dishwasher does not absorb. And therefore he's a tremendous chidush, very big leniency. He says you can even wash clean meat and milk dishes at the same time. If they're, if they're rinsed and there's no fat. He's very, very lenient because not nat, lenient. it's not bar nut. but Friday we lenient. But according to him, definitely you can be able to use uh, separate cycles. One meat dish cycle, one milk dish cycle, and a dishwasher. Which Ashkenazim say, for, God, for goodness sake, no, definitely not. Definitely. No, no. However, if the dishwasher is made out of stainless steel, then even Ashkenazim would agree, if you run an empty cycle in between, you can use it for meat and milk and Pesach. You run an empty cycle with soap in between. If it's made of stainless steel, that's the best. Stainless steel is the best, according to everyone, because if we be kosher in between. But Rav says no. Even better than stainless steel, stainless steel absorbs. This this dishwasher, normal dishwashers don't absorb. Even better than stainless steel. Does the racks absorb? Racks probably don't. He said no, he doesn't care about the racks because he puts soap as well. Soap is the one that makes it. Oh, yeah. Pagum. Everything's pagum. Okay. Now, there's a difference between gas range tops and electric range tops. Uh, There's different kinds of range tops, electric range tops. So electric, we said gas, all you have to do is kosher the gas stove. Is remove everything. Clean with steel wool, soap and water. Clean the entire surface under the top of the oven. Reassemble the cooking surface. Ignite the fire, the grates, the top heat, they glow 15 to 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes, you put the heat on full, everything's clean, kosher. Or you can even put the grates in the oven for 20 minutes because the way oven, oven also kosher things. Uh, especially if you put them in a clean cycle in the oven, self-clean cycle in the oven, fantastic. You clean the grates. So now the electric range, so some of them have coils. You know, the, we have them downstairs over here, the coil ones. Very easy to kosher. You put them on full, again 15, 20 minutes. That's it. Kosher. Beautiful. The problem is these new fangled electric ovens, which have glass, oh, the glass ones. A smooth top electric range. The elements of the stove can be turned on until they come to a glow. The burner area are now considered kosher. Regarding the rest of the cooktop, some people say you need to kosher all the cooktop. So you can just pour boiling hot water on the cooktop. I don't know how that affects the oven. So therefore, person should try and keep the pots away from that area, away from the fire. The fire can be kosher, but the rest of it is very hard to kosher. Okay. So you pour boiling hot water. Um, a microwave. Clean it thoroughly. How do you kosher a microwave? Put a put a vessel with a few ounces of water in the oven and allow it to vaporize with the steam. The best thing to do is put a little bit of bleach in that water, and this way the water makes everything in the microwave pagum, and this way the microwave is koshered. So you got
0: just a few ounces
1: of water, then? Put half a cup of water, half a cup of water, okay, four, three, let, it, let it boil over into the microwave. As long as the microwave is clean, has not been used 24 hours, put the water over there, the water kosher, that's it, very simple. However, microwave models with browning or convection features are like regular ovens. That's a big problem. There's no real way to kosher them. Because it's a microwave with an oven. It's both, that's a problem. So try to avoid these Thanks. newfangled microwave ovens, okay. Okay, how do you kosher a pot? Very simple, same thing. Clean it, wait for 24 hours. And then you immerse it in another pot, which is bigger. That's the problem with the pots. Immerse the pot, which is bigger. And that's hagalan, take it out and wash it. Or, suppose the pot is very big, you can't, you can't, there's no other big pot. What do you do with it? And that's the, that's, you see all these people use hot stones. So you fill it up with boiling hot water. In fact, it's probably better on the, on the fire, so it's boiling. And then you've got to make that water overflow, the Rashba says, make the water overflow. And when the water overflows, it kosher the outside as well. That's a big pot. And that's where they get this hot stone from. You put the stone on the fire, and then you take the stone with the tongues and put it in the water to make the water overflow. Truth is, you don't have to use a hot stone. You can use anything yeah, to make the water overflow. Pop something in, but boils over this way. The, mm-hmm. the, oven is be, the pot is being koshered from the inside and the outside. That's the, that's the trick of the Rashba. The Rash, Rashloman Ben-Adirat, who was the chief rabbi of Spain at one time. Yes
2: if you have a kosher pot boiling on water and then you're trying to put another pot into the kosher pot isn't that doing
1: something in the kosher pot no because the kosher pot wasn't used for 24 hours and the second pot is also not used for 24 hours mm. Everything's mm.
2: is
1: plus what comes out is probably going to be annulled inside mm. the... so what you have to do is quickly as soon as you take it out you have to wash it with cold water mm. why? It's because everything that comes out of that pot is now washed off doesn't go back in all the stuff you're trying to get rid of. So the pot is meaty. So you're trying to get the meat out of the pot. So now you, so you put it in the hot water, make sure you wash off what came out of it straight away, so it doesn't go back in. But Bidiyavar would say it doesn't go back in. Bidiyavar would say it's sufficient.
0: The three to four ounces of water in the microwave yes. completely used up all the water.
1: Yeah, the, so put it on full so that it vaporizes.
0: And then you said you could use um,
1: the bleach. Bleach. What, what
0: about uh, distilled water? Uh, a white,
1: white vinegar. Yeah, anything which ruins the taste. I don't know white vinegar is going to ruin the taste. Anything which ruins the taste, of anything. It's a stricture. It's a stricture. Ammonia, probably. Ammonia. A stricture. It's a stricture.
2: So.
1: Okay. Any questions? Any anything we need to talk about? Any other questions? Yeah, I have, uh, one more. Okay, go good. Yeah. You have a glass. Glass? A glass. Glass. glass you know. Clear glass. Drinking so glass.
0: Now, one time you use it for tea.
1: One time you use tea.
0: So it's parf. Parf. Okay, let's say you accidentally use it for coffee with milk. Coffee with milk. So now, somewhere along the line, if it gets mixed up and you have a meat. Yes. What happens to that glass? I mean, if you clean it with a brush and uh, hot water and soap, you know, rinse it can it still be used because you used it so
1: water? let me test you number one is according to Sephardim there's no question right that's number one according to Sephardim let's clear that up according to Ashkenazim it depends if you put the glass with boiling hot water so my water which is over 110 degrees 110 degrees Fahrenheit it's boiling hot water um, then it's Yatoledibor round right? 112 is Yatoledibor um, if it's from a kliwishon, if the glass is a the kliwishon, then everything absorbs. And the, if the glass is a nothing absorbs. So usually it's, it's a glass is cliche because you pour the water. The kettle is the kliwishon. You're pouring the ke- hot water into the kettle. The water now in the cup is now kliwishon. Now you're pouring the milk, which is freezing cold, into the, in the cup. So there's, very, there's no absorption. So that cup is still pirate. You can say the cup is still part. So now you're washing, especially now you're washing it and you're putting it with soap. You can count the cup as part still. I think it's not a good thing to do. fashion as they shouldn't put milk in the cup and, and use that cup for both. But uh, yeah, I mean, but you
0: know, for rinse.
1: But you but the cup, cup is still part. Any other questions, Penny? Anything? Okay, good. Okay, baruch Adonai Amen, amen.